You're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of The Tech Box. Uh, hi, I'm James Honeyboard. I've got with me Richard Yates. Hi, Richard. Good morning, James. Good morning, everybody. How's things with you? How's the weather? Um, well, a bit of a bit of a turn for the worst today. It's uh, about fifteen degrees colder, but uh, and, and grey. But never mind. It's uh, you know, it's it's a bit of a case of a change, isn't it? Really. And, and I did the gardening I wanted to do yesterday, so I think today is a day for being indoors. Yeah, not yes, yesterday was a day of gardening, wasn't it? it well, uh, it's quite windy as well. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. um, the forecast is that it's going to be super windy and close to freezing by the you know, in terms of how it feels by the end of the day. Hmm. Yeah, can't wait. So yeah, that is a bit of a complete one hundred and eighty turnaround, isn't it? After after yesterday, yeah. So now that you're sort of uh, snuggled indoors with a hot cup of cocoa, well, coffee anyway, and uh, a big blanket pulled over you, uh, no, not quite. You'll be uh, playing with a new toy. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm really enjoying my new toy. I, I've got to say, um, let's just pick up the new toy. Uh, it's a, a very blue, a very, very blue phone, actually. It's a, a OnePlus 8 Pro, um, which I think has probably the single best screen I've ever seen on a phone. And, and you'll know that I'm not a great sort of one for making a fuss about screens, but the screen on this is astonishing. It is just... Blah. So the thing that the thing that automatically turns me off any phone is when they have the screen that curves... I don't, they call it waterfall or whatever, where the, sort of, like the detail on the screen starts, you know, tailing off around the corner. And you're like, hang on a minute, I haven't finished reading this yet, and you're sort of disappearing. So can you put me at rest that that's not an issue with this? It's not. It's only a very slight curve at the very edge, and they, they use it for things like uh, notifications and whatever, which is actually quite nice. Um, but no, it's a, it's, a, it's a delightful screen. It really is very, very nice. And, uh, well, I'll put it to you this way... Uh, I think I've kind of got over. I can get around the the iPhone timey to iOS. What's going to cause me more of a problem now is that all of a sudden, for the obvious reason, my family have all started using FaceTime. Now, they never used to bother with FaceTime. We used to use uh, Skype typically and whatever. But no, now now in in lockdown, we've all started using FaceTime. Right. If it weren't for FaceTime, um, well then. I think I could put my main SIM in this and be quite happy. It's, it's uh, it, it really is a very nice phone. Really, I'm impressed with it. But uh, I tend to use my iPad for FaceTiming uh, family and friends at, in this period. Well, so. I, I may well, uh, yeah, I may well treat, treat that as, a, as an alternative because it, it, it's a lovely phone and I'd like to get you a bit more use out of it. Although, you know, it's the old problem in lockdown, isn't it? Do I actually need a mobile phone at all? Um, yeah, which would, which would be a very boring way to go and remove me of most of my toys. But um, but no, it, this is a, a really nice device. I've taken obviously a very few photographs because really all I've had is a chance to go out in the garden. But they stack up very very well against anything else. And you okay. were saying Gavin's put quite a few up on on, on Twitter and MeWe and whatever. I think the other um, worry that I would have is size. How size? Size is no no problem to me. I mean it's well. I mean bearing in mind that I'm I'm using an, uh, an iPhone 11 Pro most of the time. I'll put the, the, the max or the normal? There. No, the max. The max. The the thing that makes it okay is it's taller than the the max, but it's narrower. So in your hand, it's an easy, e- actually easier to hold than the 11 Pro Max. Um, but it doesn't really matter because the screen is just so lovely. You can kind of put up with it. The, the size doesn't bother me at all. I'm, I'm quite happy with the tall phone. I mean, the other phone that I 
I have that I use much is the P30 Pro, which is hmm, fractionally wider, not as wide as the, as the 11, uh, iPhone 11 Pro, and a little bit shorter. Not, not a great deal. Would be a good idea if I didn't drop them both, wouldn't it? Um, it's just a delight to use. It's a lovely, lovely phone. It's really, really fast. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of bought it. I bought it mostly because I bought the 7C at a stupidly cheap price, and then I was really busy before Christmas, so I sold it for the same stupidly cheap price. Uh, and then afterwards, I thought yeah, I shouldn't really have done that, and and kind of uh, I seldom buy the same phone twice, uh, and I wasn't going to get it at the stupidly cheap price again. Uh, so I thought, no, I'm going to wait and see what the 8 looks like. And um, well, apart from the fact I hate OnePlus's shenanigans. Um, yeah, it's a very nice phone. I'm very happy with it. So what exactly about the screen, which aspect of the screen is it that you're impressed by? Because obviously there's a few things that it has. I mean, it's obviously probably quite a new generation of uh, panel, presumably from yeah. Samsung. Uh, but it does have uh, 120 hertz refresh rate, doesn't it? Well, this is something that has truly amused me because I've said so many times I don't have good eyes and I don't have good eyes. I'm just going to call it as to what the, um, the A95G here. Uh, and if I put two screens side by side, I can discern a difference between the two. I, I suspect they probably are very close relations, although you obviously can't turn the, the refresh rate upon but, the, but you're, the Samsung. But you're, you're comparing static screen images are you yeah. because so obviously yeah, the refresh rate is probably not going to come into play at that point not really so relevant no indeed well let's let's open them and, and um and try to open two phones at once um and put something on there and scroll the thing that is very noticeable is you can scroll really quickly on the oneplus and the moment you stop it it's already there and in focus and whatever yeah so there's a very slight discernible difference on the uh on the um, A95G, but what there isn't is the same amount of clarity. I, I, it, it genuinely puzzles me, but, uh, you know, I really can see a difference, and I never thought for a minute I would be able to see a difference, but I can. So uh, this is actually quite a plus. Can I not live with the Samsung now? Yes, of course I can live with the Samsung now. It's a nice screen, but this is just, yeah, well, I, can, I can genuinely tell the difference, and it's 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 very much surprised me. Um, it... it it's a bit like when you pick, I know that um, we all get used to sort of second division OLED panels on, you know, non Samsung devices. And then you pick up like a Note or, a, you know, one of the sort of S20s or an S10 or something. And you sort of experience the top tier Samsung OLED panel and you think, ah, yeah, no, the uh, the good panels are in the Samsung phones, aren't they? And, you know, the OLED that I'm carrying around in my, uh, you know, whatever phone it might be is actually not quite as good with the possible exception of the uh, iphone 10 series mm. but um so this is this is sort of looking like a a top tier panel is it absolutely i mean i'm just comparing it with the p30 pro which is a bit over a year old now which tells you in itself quite how much i like the phone and the oneplus is crisper the whites are whiter um yeah it, it's 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 kind of hard to, you know i've never really been terribly <coughs> critical of screens before because I can't really tell the difference, but I can tell the difference of this. It's it's just a lovely panel, really, really nice. Okay, so panel tick. Mm-hmm. What about the rest? So you mentioned the uh, camera. 
the yeah, camera i've been really quite surprised by the camera it, it, you know um, i mean i've not used it as much as um some other people but i mean i've i've had some great pictures of the camera it, fo- it focuses very quickly it's very sharp uh, it does great macros the colors look good um I mean, I've seen it, seen it said that, the, that, you know, the, the camera's up there with the pixel. Well, I don't know about that, but it certainly isn't far off. Um, so you're not sort of scrabbling to uh, get the Google Photo camera app no, crowbar no, on there? Don't, don't have any urge to at all. It doesn't seem, seem necessary to me. Uh, the, um, the, the OnePlus camera is pretty fully featured and it takes nice photos. So yeah, I might well do it one day, but, uh, I'm not in a massive rush to do it. Okay. Uh, all in all, I'm, I'm happy with it as a purchase. It it, it 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 kind of forced itself on me for a number of reasons, and um, in that sense, I suppose I'm I'm going to say it's good. But I've had it now ten days or so, um, and in those ten days, it hasn't had the heaviest use because I've been working some of the time. But it, I can say, I can certainly say I'm enjoying it, and I can also say uh, I do have the urge to put my main sim in it. So that tells you something about it, doesn't it? Hmm. Now, the other thing that occasionally irritates me about OnePlus, although they seem to be consciously putting a bit of effort into improving it, is the haptics. So how's the, uh, you know, typing on it and button presses and everything? It's uh... Well, I'm the wrong person to ask because the first thing I do with it is turn, turn haptics off because I don't like them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can't really tell you, James, is that the answer? Sorry, don't really know. Hmm. So they're dual SIM, yep. uh, but they don't have expansion. No expansion, no. But this this one's a two five six, so I can't see any circumstances in which I'm ever going to want more than that. Um, you know, if I look at what I've, I mean, as it happens, my iPhone is two five six. I mostly because I don't really like. I I, I didn't I didn't ever run out of sixty four on the um, 10s Max, but it came fairly close to it. Let's see what I'm actually using on the uh, 11 Pro Max. Um, might be might be good if you talk for a moment while well, I just gonna, this these, up. <laughs> I was just going to say these days I notice that I don't tend to use a huge amount uh, on my phones. Uh, where I've got an expansion card, I will chuck in a an, ex, an expansion card of you know uh, MP3s or FLAX music or whatever, so that I do tend to sort of take advantage of that. But when it comes to actually plugging in a phone and dragging stuff onto it or letting media and Matt, you know, sort of start backing up on it. I I don't tend to use much more than 64, I have to say. No, no, nor, nor me. I mean, the only reason I've got more on this is that um, when I got it, I had a number of uh, forthcoming business trips and I thought, fine, okay, I, if I'm going to have the larger one, I can I can stick a whole load of music on there for when you're in flight or something. Um, I don't know, I've actually used it more than once, but I mean, I'm using at the moment 122 gigabytes on this phone. Yeah. But of that, I think probably... Somewhere between um, maybe even a, a half and two thirds is, is music that I've hardly listened to. Uh, yeah, because I usually listen to Spotify. I'm looking at mine, and I've used ninety eight on my iPhone, but I know that it wouldn't be too much of a hassle to trim that down. You know, I've got loads of uh, photos that I've already backed up on it. I've got thirty gigs yeah. worth. Of, I'm just reading the list. I've got thirty gigs worth of podcasts. Well, you know. The vast majority of those can get deleted. A bit, a bit the same, really. I've got a couple of gigs of podcasts. Um, I've got two gigabytes in Lightroom, seven gigabytes in photos. Yeah, so it would be it would be dead easy to uh, to chop it back down quite a lot from there. Um, so the the size of memory not really an issue, and it's it's not going to be an issue on this one anyway. 
Mm. So overall a keeper then? So far, I haven't seen it come across any showstoppers. Nothing that, that makes me think, oh, no, I don't want to keep this. Um, yeah, it's a really nice device. Maybe you're right. Maybe I should just say, oh, I'm going to do FaceTime on my iPad. And um, let's face it, they'll get the idea if they can't get through on FaceTime, won't they? So um, that's the that's the next step. Do I take, do I take that extra step? Um, maybe. I've, I've had my main phone and a main SIM in an iPhone for so long now. It's uh it's almost traumatic to think about it, actually. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because we can't really judge phones, exactly as you're saying, at this point. Because Not the properly. only mobile uh, experience... Well, let's just say that it's severely curtailed at the moment. Yeah. You know, I'll have um, maybe a podcast playing on my uh, phone as I sort of cart it around the house whilst I'm sort of doing other things. Um, yes, I might check... Uh, messages and and things on there but you know i'm never more than sort of six foot away from another screen that i could use to do it um you know i'm going out twice a week maybe and um yeah you know carrying it around sainsbury's is is useful but you know we're not really giving our devices the full workout at the moment are we so no no it's not like when you when you're away for two days on business or even out for the day on business where you, you are keeping in touch and all that sort of stuff pretty much all the time no they're not getting any sort of workout i mean let's face it a cordless phone would do a lot would do the communication side of a lot of it uh, yeah and never very far from from a tablet computer either for for browsing stuff so no it's not an ideal time to choose is it but but you, you, could, know. you could go back to the old ipod touch uh, almost yeah given that you're just walking around the house um always in wi-fi range yeah especially with all the various sort of ways you can effectively make a phone call these days that don't involve a telephone um it'd be very easy to do wouldn't it yeah no absolutely i think um i think i utilized the phone feature of my mobile for the first time in many moons yesterday, as I actually placed a uh, a traditional phone call. A phone call? My yeah. God, who, who, was there a particular reason you had to actually talk to somebody? Well, I wanted to talk to my parents, and I knew that that was a uh, a good way of contacting them. So, yeah, yeah, sort of legacy legacy communication mode was uh, was turned on. Was adopted. Yeah, it has to be said that even even my mum now tends to send me messages on Telegram rather than than ringing up, which is quite interesting. Um, Certainly, certainly quite impressive adaptability at eighty-five. That's for sure. Actually, I'm, I mentioned this to you the other day, but I'll, I'll mention it to you now as well. Is that one of the uh, real breakthroughs of the lockdown has been that all of my schoolmates, who are the height of luddites, um, mm. have finally been dragged onto WhatsApp. Now, I know it's not you know Telegram or. Uh, a nice messaging uh, platform that you can sort of spread across your devices and all the rest of it. But finally, uh, I can actually have messaging with my schoolmates without having to resort to, uh, you know, Facebooking their wives or partners, etc. Or, or, te- or SMS messages. Yeah, I mean, SMSs were, uh, SMSs were always sort of um, potluck with those guys as well. So, yeah, it's been, uh, that's been a real boon. I think unequivocally the case that um this lockdown has forced everyone to up their technology game isn't it everyone's taken a level up you know people are facetiming regularly that they weren't historically facetiming you know people are joining messaging apps that they'd previously sort of shied away from so no it's really good yeah i mean i even went back on facebook which is a a bit of a a shock to the system when you haven't been on Facebook for a long time. Um, yeah, that said, there are still a sort of section of people who 
you don't have any of this and don't do any of this. Uh, I, I know with my, my mother-in-law, for example, she still has a dumb phone and uh, we suggested to get you an iPad or something like that. Oh, no, I couldn't cope with all of that. Uh, and, and I feel sorry because they, they kind of are excluded as a result of that. But it it's kind of inevitable, isn't it? That's just the way it is. There's not, not much we can do to to change that. But I think you're right. For for most people, uh, yeah, my mum my and dad have been using Zoom as well. That's another good example of yeah. um, something I don't think they would have even thought of doing uh, for... Well, under pretty much any circumstances, beforehand. Yeah. It, it um, makes me, it sort of amuses me that they were trying to push video messaging for so long, weren't they? Um, yeah. You had BT trying to push it for a little while with a sort of like one and a half inch screen whilst it was going over, you know, some very slow communication. Then when 3G on the mobiles was being touted, First of all, it was nothing to do with data, was it? It was all to do with uh, video calls. Yeah, it was all video. Well, you think when 3 launched, they had their stupid walled garden, didn't they? Do you did they that? have their own video calling uh, oh, they had platform, video ca- did they? Well, they had, no, they, re- they restricted data to, to video calling and, and the three-walled garden. You didn't have access to the internet. And they, oh, right. they tried for a long time to maintain the idea that people weren't interested in the internet. I mean, yeah. a long time. Like a couple of years, wasn't it? Yeah, and, you don't and, want and, the internet. And now, yeah, exactly. Now I totally cut down service. And this is all, I suppose, the phone companies having the idea of of making a cut out of people using the internet, I guess. Because uh, before that point, of course, they'd had some real control over the services people had and used on, on, on mobiles, hadn't they? Whereas Yeah, and even if you go back to go back to things like AOL and those companies that uh, yeah. certainly big in America, they used to uh, keep you locked in uh, some walled gardens there, didn't they, in their uh, oh, yeah. sort of pre-internet or cusp of internet services? Yeah, I, I had a CompuServe account back in the day. Uh, yeah. Month- monthly charge it was and uh, used to dial up at something like 14.4k um and actually it was surprising what they did manage to serve up but you know in terms of how things have changed they're a totally different game now aren't they yeah i think when i was uh coming onto the internet we started to have that free serve do you remember that yeah which uh got bought up by dixon's i say dixon's bought that didn't they um Oh dear, we're starting to show age. Yeah, I know. It is like reminiscence hour, isn't it? <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's get uh, into the current then. So you're uh, now a convert of high refresh rate screens. So I can tell you about my recent high refresh rate purchase. Go for it. So I had had I've had a pretty stable PC setup for a little while now, but. The mo- my main monitor, which is an old 27-inch Dell, and a very mm. nice 27-inch Dell, it has to be said, but a fairly old one, um, had some limitations. So it meant that it couldn't show HDR. Uh, and as you know, um, I'm into my sort of 4K and my yeah. HDR. Yeah. And it's annoying whenever I try and sort of watch something on the PC, uh, it's all washed out and uh, not being displayed in uh, proper HDR. Uh, and the other thing is that it's because it's got a fairly old monitor, it's not great for gaming. So it's capped at 60 hertz and it's got, you know, it's a little bit slow. You know, modern mm. monitors are, you know, really responsive in how quick they change from frame to frame. And this old Dell was not designed for gaming. It was sort of designed for, I assume, sort of general office and, uh, you know, a bit of photography kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, 
monitors are getting very good these days on the spec and they're sort of combining the ability to have wide color gamuts hdr and be fast for gaming hmm. so i thought well i'm going to take a bit of a punt and try and get hold of one of these and i knew that the model that i wanted to get which is an lg i think i'm very close to having every screen in my house is now an lg so, lg yeah. yeah so i've got all my lg phones i've got my lg tvs and now i've got an lg monitor um so it wasn't really readily available in the UK and it was like sort of 600 quid for the places where it was available. And I happened to be sort of browsing uh, the European Amazons and uh, it's available as you, as you do, as you do. And it's available on Amazon France for 400 quid. So I pushed the button and uh, due to the wonderful setup that we've got at the moment, it arrived, you know, three or four days later, a big box, uh, and I've got my new LG monitor. Now, Ooh. problem number one, because it uh, came from France, has a French plug. So this totally went over my head when I uh, <laughs> ordered it. Uh, yes, you can order anything from anywhere in Europe and you don't have to pay any uh, additional VAT or duty or anything, but uh, they do still have different plugs. This is one EU regulation that they should have pushed through uh, you know, get everyone using the same plug. They are much more sensible plugs than we do. They're about a quarter of the size, aren't they? Mind you, they require the socket to be fused as opposed to the plug, but, you know. So the interesting thing was that plug is the, is the old two-prong one. And I thought, well, okay, no, not too much of a problem. I've got a couple of these plug adapters around the house, so I hunted one of those down, tried that, and my suspicion at that point was that it probably needed the earth to be uh, connected Um because which, when I, which, of course, isn't a problem if you've got a proper wall socket. Yeah, but mm. these travel adapters obviously don't bother. Don't, don't do no. Well, they can't, can they? Uh, why, why couldn't they? Well, I suppose they could, but they'd be a chunkier effort than they are. Yeah. I, I must, must confess, I don't absolutely know how that works out in the earth in the in the wall socket, but I, that, that is what I've always understood as the case. What it is, is, that you know, obviously on ours, it's this... I don't know whether it's earth or ground or whatever it is, but it's the sort of top prong yeah, on the, the big, it's the long, long, it's the long pin. Isn't yeah, it, the, top, the long, yeah. long top prong. Now on the European plugs, it's kind of this little metal thing around the edge mm. that uh, obviously touches into uh, the socket uh, around the edge. And of course, yeah. when you've got your cheap plastic travel adapters, they don't have that back, that bit in. So I sort of scratched my head because it wasn't turning on. And I was thinking, mm, I suspect it's probably that that's preventing it turning on. So I thought, well, why don't I just go and try and find another mains cable and forego the uh, the actual plug lead uh, entirely? Now, as it goes into the little uh, power adapter, it's not one of those sort of two pin radio plugs or even one of those big chunky sort of three pin plugs that goes into the back of a PC. It's one of these sort of small three triple radio plug. I don't know if you've seen one of these. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're relatively popular on laptops, I think, uh, going mm. into these uh, into these power adapters. So I think, oh, right, okay. So I can't, you know, I can't use one of these big chunky cables and I can't use the, the you know, millions of these little radio cables that I've got everywhere. So I need to try and have a hunt in the house for this triple radio cable, which I was pretty sure that I had seen uh, <laughs> on one device in my entire house. So sort of like spent ages sort of, uh, you know, 
throwing everything, chucking everything out of boxes, hunting through uh, old sort of electrical power adapters and everything. And I finally found one uh, on my Chromebook of yeah. a power adapter that has one of these uh, triple power things. So yeah. plug that in. Success. Monitor powers on. Everything's looking good. So I then go to um, select. I've got a KVM. So I select uh, my main PC mm-hmm. and I'm not getting the correct resolution on it. Mm. Uh, I'm only getting 1050 rather than 1440. And but, at this point, you're thinking, oh, I haven't just imported this from France. I need to have that resolution. Well, exactly. Yeah. So mm. uh, I'm sort of scratching my head at this a little bit because the Dell was exactly the same resolution. So I couldn't see why it was complaining. Um, but anyway, uh, the long and short of it is whilst um, the monitor works through the KVM on my Mac Mini and uh my surface laptop my work laptop works fine um it doesn't work for my pc no. so uh it's forced me to upgrade the kvm <laughs> which i you know this is to be continued to be honest because yeah. i've um what's I've the next bit of the chain that will stop working exactly you, <laughs> that's the problem with sometimes you buy something and it has unknown consequences as to all the other bits and bobs that you have to sort of uh upgrade in the meantime um but yeah so i have uh i've looked i, I know that I'm, i was running close to the top specification of the kvm which would be 1440 1600 you know so mm-hmm. 1440 sorry 14 1600 at 60 hertz i think obviously this monitor is 1440 at 60 hertz so it should work but it's it's close to the edge my hope is that by getting a 4k 60 kvm it'll have enough headroom to do like the high refresh rates uh that you get when you plug it directly in yeah, so i yeah. plug the a cable direct from my pc straight into the monitor and i can get 144 hertz at 1440 with high bit depth hdr the full works you know so it's really really beautiful when you directly connect it when you're going through a kvm uh you have it's a slightly uh, reduced experience and well it just doesn't work basically with the uh, graphics card that i've currently got um, when i say it doesn't work it would occasionally go to the right resolution and work and then Next time I went back to it or restarted, it would go back to uh, this sort of fuzzy, non-native, non-native resolution. So um, there's probably some way that I can pin that uh, resolution and get it working. But uh, it's not brilliant anyway, because it doesn't uh, support uh, the higher bit depths and, and the, um, the higher refresh rates that I'd want to have for gaming. So I'm going to try and see if this new KVM that I've ordered allows me to do everything that the monitor can do with all my machines without having to have it directly connected. So, yeah, watch this space on that one. It needs mm. to, be, um, to be continued. Sounds like a bit of a tech challenge, but equally one that I'm sure is capable of being got over, but just might need a little bit of tinkering and thinking and, and working your way around the problem, I guess. Yeah, and what I'll do is I'll tell you about another highly fascinating uh, obstacle that I had to uh, overcome to get the audio working as well. So, you know, we're in lockdown. I've been trying to sort of get back into my uh, PC gaming a little bit, hence the uh, mm-hmm. part of the aspect of the um, monitor purchase. Now, one thing that I got uh, on one of these sort of prime deals, or I, think, I can't remember if it was Black Friday or Prime Day, or it just sort of cropped up, 
was a fantastic deal on some surround speakers for the PC. Mm-hmm. And so it's a 5.1 setup, and it actually decodes Dolby Digital and DTS into proper surround sound, which is right. quite rare. Normally, if you've got surround sound speakers, what they do is they'll just take the surround sound off the motherboard and put it out, you know, manually put it out to the um, the satellite speaker. So if you know, if you look at a, a PC motherboard, you'll have that mult- those multicolored headphone jacks at the back. And essentially, those each of those different colours corresponds with different sort of set of speakers. So normally, you'd have um, at least five headphone jacks at the back, you know, which will give you your probably give you seven point one or five point one, however you want to do it. You know what I'm talking about there? Mm, you're beginning to lose me, but no. I, yeah, I'm hanging on in there. Um, so anyway, this this is brilliant because it actually does the decoding properly for the for the five point one, and it means mm. that you've only got one cable coming out of your PC rather than sort of a whole host of uh, a, analog a, jung- a jungle of them, basically. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and also the quality of the amplification and everything coming out of those headphone jacks on the back of motherboards is normally pretty terrible. So to have it all discreetly done, it's a Logitech uh, setup. It's really nice. Is 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 really good. So. That works when you're watching films and things, but it doesn't work for games. There's very few games that actually output a encoded Dolby Digital signal or a DTS signal. Uh, most games do take advantage of uh, a surround sound setup using the analog outputs. You know, it just asks. They just ask Windows, "Oh, have I got a 5.1?" Um, speaker setup plugged into the back of the uh, motherboard yes okay i'll output the surround sound um but what it do- what they don't do probably for licensing reasons is or, or maybe just for the complexity they don't actually output the dolby digital digital signal um such that a dvd or a blu-ray would so i was sort of scratching my head and thinking oh okay well i've got this nice surround sound setup but it doesn't it's not actually going to work for many games um but there is a way around it <laughs> It's like a disaster movie. It is a little bit, but there is a solution. So uh, there is a technology that uh, a lot of motherboard manufacturers ship with. Um, There's a DTS one and a Dolby one that allows uh, your PC digital output to present to the games as a normal 5.1 set of speakers. And then it will just output the digital signal uh, as DTS or Dolby Digital out, and then you can let your amplifier or your speaker setup decode them. So I thought, okay, well, I need to get this working. I think it's called DTS Connect or something like that. Mm. Right, I'll get this. I'll get this sorted out. Um, now, my motherboard. Uh, I went to download the drivers there, the audio drivers, because I, I noticed that actually it was listed as a feature for my motherboard. So I thought, great, you know, this is a feature that I need, and I can see that this motherboard that I bought ten years ago actually has it probably not 10 maybe five years ago but it's not it's not a new motherboard um but of course the drivers only went up to windows 8 not windows 10 uh, and i tried to install them it didn't seem to work um so i thought okay well i'll just download so the latest real tech drivers for uh for hd output for hd audio output so okay. I download the latest uh real tech drivers and i don't know if you're familiar with this but normally you know things like real tech audio drivers they put 
you know, they put, the, you know, extra control panels into windows that you really don't want because they just clutter up the place. So normally it's the first thing you try and sort of disable and hide because you never really need anything complicated to happen. But in this instance, the control panel was exactly what I wanted because I wanted to have a play about with try and find this setting, get it working. And when I was installing the latest drivers, this control panel wasn't there. And when I tried to track it down, it wasn't loading. So I was scratching my head thinking, oh, right, this is a bit of a pain. Uh, and it turns out that the very latest drivers, that bit is broken. So I had to try and track <laughs> down on the internet the penultimate driver. Oh, ridiculous. Uh, which I actually couldn't find uh, a completely 100% original source for. So I had to sort of take a bit of a step into the beyond and, and download it from a mirror uh, and load those drivers up. Lo and behold, the control panel comes up. Excellent. Um so, yep, switch that on and it basically works. So now um, I've got surround sound in most of the games going through this uh, rather uh, complicated mechanism of uh, being encoded into DTS and then decoded by my uh, speakers. So you've effectively now got a surround sound solution that works regardless of what you're watching or listening or playing on. Uh, basically, yeah. Oh, I, I missed out a step, actually. I, uh, it wasn't working for a little while. Damn, I thought it was doing so well. Yeah, it, there as well. just when you thought the, the, uh, <laughs> the pain had finished for you, uh, there's one extra bit. And that is, um, I said, well, okay, I've got it all set up and it's everything, you know, all the ticks are in the right boxes, but it's still not working. Specifically, it's not working for this game. I was playing uh, Alien Isolation, which is, um, you know, you're sort of sneaking around. Uh, the game of aliens and so obviously to have the atmospheric noise around you and hearing aliens sneak up on you from behind you is uh is really what the game's about so i thought well i have to get it working on this game and um i saw that someone had patched the some of the sort of dll kind of libraries to get it working for more games it's always like a compatibility thing but it meant that you actually have to sort of replace certain binaries uh, to actually get that working. It's almost, um, you know, it's very obscure. You're not going to sort harder of... than getting the P40 going, doesn't it? Really, let's be honest. Harder yeah. than a what? <laughs> than getting the P40 going. I mean, I'm yeah, sitting there listening yeah, yeah. to you, James. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I just long since ago would have given up because I don't, I don't understand what you're doing, how you're doing it, and I wouldn't know where to look for the answer either. So I, I take my hat off to your achievement. Well, there but... was a, there was a huge amount of Google foo going on to try I can and uh, uncover it. it. Dear and me, getting the final piece of the puzzle, which was this kind of. Um, this kind of hack uh, on the binaries to sort of get it all working was the final piece in the puzzle. Did that, and I've been playing the game in glorious uh, surround sound. Well, well, like I say, I take my hat off to you, and uh, I, I wouldn't know where to begin. It, uh, <laughs> it certainly sounds like it's been a, a good project to have while you've been locked up. It must have absorbed hours and hours of yeah, time. That. Yeah, it does. But this is uh, <laughs> the sort of rabbit hole that, I always find myself going down these kind of rabbit holes to, to, to try and get stuff working. It uh, Nothing seems to want to uh, work out of the box day one, or certainly not for the exact. I, I often try and force the use case that I want on something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, I, I, I want you to do this, and I'm not going to stop until you do it. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I think we often have this, don't you, where you have to sort of fight the technology to get what you want at the end. But mm. then you, you also need to step back and marvel at what you actually managed to achieve compared with what was achievable a while back. Yeah, and I guess um, sometimes you need to sort of know when to give up. Um, 
but I'm glad I didn't in this occasion. Yeah, because you've got a result that you're happy with and that gives you the result that you wanted. So, you know, well well done. It was worth the time, wasn't it? The, the frustrating thing would have been if you'd discovered at the end of all of this that you'd managed to produce a system that did that, but not with an LG monitor or something equally stupid as that. And no, that's right, yeah. So Which, it's still not perfect because, the, as I said, the KVM is limiting uh, things at the moment. And it'll be interesting to see whether the replacement does everything i suspect it's probably not going to do everything but i think it'll make uh, the regular you know it'll make it work in the right resolution i suspect but whether it'll uh, support all of the sort of uh, high ref- high refresh rates the the high the, the free sync uh, the wide color gamut the hdr I, I suspect it's not going to tick all of those boxes simultaneously but it'll be interesting to see how many of those it does tick yeah, yeah, and, and and a new KVM isn't exactly a cheap hobby either, is it? I mean, no. I, I, I've got one here that, that switches between my PC and my Mac, and actually it, it gets used pretty infrequently, if truth be told. But uh, even this was over two hundred quid. Yeah, um, they're rather they're they're not cheap. It has to be said, but they do for me. They do last a long time. I've always had KVMs for the various machines that I've got in my study, mm. and. I do. I do get good use out of them. So uh. yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? If you've got, if you actually got the use. To be to be honest, I used to do most of my work on um, the Windows machine because it used to be the case I couldn't get um, work software that worked on Mac. But then one of the companies started producing Mac versions of everything. <coughs> Excuse me, and and. Um, the consequence has been I, I go more and more and more on the on the Mac, and I was actually seriously thinking the other day about maybe mothballing the PC and re- removing it from my desk and having the space back. Um, so, yeah, and, and of course that also means the, K, the KVM is hardly getting used anymore at the moment, but I, you can kind of guarantee that if I did dismantle it all and whatever, the first thing that would happen is there'd be something I need to refer to that was on the old software, and you, know, you can't transfer the data from the old software to the new. Uh, I can kind of guarantee I'd need to get in there, but it it it, it would solve it would solve a lot of cables in this room if I could get rid of the PC. Um, but I, I do remember when I bought the, bought the KVM, thinking, "Golly, that's a lot of money for what effectively amounts to a number of switches." But I suppose they all have to be, you know, in sync with one another and coordinated and so on. And uh, yeah, think, that's yeah, what you're think, paying for, isn't it? I think the things with the KVMs is that they're they're corporate purchases. So there's no incentive to make them cheap because it's only going to be businesses yeah. buying them, um, and they're not they you know probably not hugely um, high volume devices you know they probably don't sell millions of them, um, and there's a small amount of complexity in there in terms of if you're going to do a KVM right then you need to uh, show a consistent set of peripherals and monitor to each PC so each PC thinks it's always connected to a mouse, a keyboard, a monitor, etc. So, you know, a lot of um, KVMs, it has to be said, when you're sort of switching from one number to another, it'll kind of drop all those connections off uh, and sort of confuse the PC in the background that it feels like everything's been unplugged and then replugged. So the good ones actually sort of maintain the illusion that uh, uh, they're all, pl- all, of, all of the PCs have got uh, monitors, keyboards and mice plugged in at all times. So there is a bit of... Um, smarts involved in those ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't know how to create the thing. You, you kind of get a mental image that this is, must be easy, but it, it undoubtedly isn't. And as you say, it's a, a pretty specialist market, isn't it? Um, 
Don't know I necessarily subscribe to the oh we're selling it to business therefore it must be more expensive uh, argument. Well, I guess not if I suppose it's maybe more to do with volume than maybe in terms of yeah um, I think I think the volume point is a very good one though because I think an awful lot of people don't have two computers sitting around uh, even if these days a lot of people have a, maybe a computer and a gaming console they don't very many of them have two two computers um, yeah I think for me it's uh, you know I'm switching at least once or twice a day because of work you know I don't I want yeah. a separate work laptop and you know i don't want to be crunched over you know uh what, what is it it's probably 13 inch screen and and you know built-in keyboard i want my mouse i want my proper keyboard and i want my sort of dual monitors to sort of you know help maximize my work productivity uh so yeah plug it into the kvm yeah i mean to be honest that's why i've got more than one computer as well that's 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 work and um Sorry, that's uh, that's um that's an Amazon product bleeping to tell me I've got a delivery later today. Apologies for the noise in the background, um, but yeah, I, I you know I think if you if you just uh, um, most people are never going to want a KVM, and so I suppose the fact is there isn't going to be the volume, and therefore the price is accordingly high. Mm. So anyway, um, you bought another thing yesterday, didn't you? I did. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's tech. Is it tech? It must be tech. Uh, actually, it is. If you if you look at it in terms of you know, caveman to modern Ooh. man, it is tech that's involved somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So I managed to break my previous Flymo mower mm-hmm. uh, after exactly three foot of mowing. And the grass was quite long. The grass was sort of. Uh, sort of waist high basically yeah yeah it was quite long uh so i thought oh no i'm gonna have to uh make a trip to b&q which in these times is not something you really want to do for various reasons um but yeah i went down there um and the the bit that i needed to replace was the cable Mm. um but uh, i got to b&q and discovered that you can't get the cable in b&q and get the plug, but I didn't fancy wiring it. <laughs> plug, but no cable. God. Imagine um, the cable you've then got to wire them into the lawnmower, I suppose. That's probably not that easy. No. Well, it, it, you, you have to wire it into the plug, which uh, I just didn't wasn't in the mood to do yesterday, to be honest. Uh, no. I did uh, find the cable that I needed on Amazon, thanks to uh, Gav pointing that out to me. Um, so the cable, uh, replacement cable's £20. Mm-hmm. A replacement lawnmower, cable and all, uh, starts from about £60. And the one that I got, because I wanted to get as good a one as I could, mm. uh, was still only £80. Yeah, um, there's no, there's, at that sort of level, unless you're really sure you know what you're doing, rewiring something. Yeah. It's, and I, it's I, debatable with you really want to do it, isn't it? Well, so I was also thinking that my old one was getting a little bit knackered, a little bit loose. Yeah. And I can only imagine that the blade underneath would be presumably getting a little bit... Um, blunter i assume that uh yeah they do flymo uh, blade would need sharpening at some point i've never definitely done. definitely they do yeah and i've never done it and i've had that lawnmower for maybe 10 years so you uh, wouldn't have grass that was three foot long at all if you'd had a sharp blade well i suppose i use it rarely that's probably um yeah, helps keep doesn't... it in in good condition you know it's very yeah. rarely one careful owner that doesn't uh take it out very often it has to be said uh so yeah once so once the um grass has reached the point that it's blocking out the sun then i <laughs> then i get the uh, lawnmower out 
Um, so yeah, I, I got this new one. I have to say that the new Flymo, which is a, uh, I should probably try and remember it. It's, I think it's like a 300 V. Um, I don't think it's actually as good as the previous one. I think it's, I think the previous one was, uh, I was looking and it's like 1700 watt and mm. the new one is only 1400 watt. And I think I can notice that when I'm pushing it around the, uh, uh, the, the, um, very long grass. So, uh, but anyway, it did the job. Uh, mm. obviously I, the interesting thing was I had to pre prepare the grass with a strimmer. So I had to go have two goes at yeah, it. Yeah. I one, think you were at that length. One go with the strimmer to actually sort of break down some of the uh, higher reeds in the uh, grass, and then uh, it was uh, suitable for me to go at it with the with the flymo. So I did eventually get it all cut, which was good. But the interesting thing that I discovered um, on the new uh, lawnmower is that it doesn't even have a plug on the lawnmower itself; it's wired directly in. Ooh! So if you damage the cable on this new one, you've got to get a whole new lawnmower. Total obsolescence, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's, um, that's so, a- yeah, treat your lawnmowers carefully is the lesson there, I think. I'm trying to think. I mean, I was I was mowing my lawn yesterday. I'm trying to think whether it, I mean, it, it, in point of fact, it's connected to the cable and the cable wraps around the handles. But yeah, I don't know whether it plugs in or not. It may well be wired in like yours. It's not, not something I've really sort of had occasion to think about. But I have ordered the cable from Amazon, so I will be able to do a sort of head-to-head Flymo test. Yeah, so we could uh, we expect you on YouTube comparing lawnmowers yeah. against three foot of grass. Yeah, but I don't think you can get this old one. Uh, no, certainly, it's, it's very interesting when you look at the construction of the new one. They've really minimised every component to its bare minimum. You know, you can see why it is only why it is so comparatively so cheap. You'd expect you'd have to pay reasonable money for a lawnmower, but um, you can really see that there's no waste on there at all. Every plastic panel is the absolute bare minimum that you would need to get a working uh, working mower. It's quite incredible. Yeah. I'm just looking at, at, at Flymo now. I mean, replacement blade is about 18 quid. So there's obviously... I'm, I'm sure I've replaced the blade before now. Not for a long time, though. In fact, both yeah. my lawnmower and my strimmer are getting a bit long in the tooth. Yesterday, the strimmer ran, ran out of wire. I was thinking, oh, God, I've got some more wire. But I did. And then it, then it was, hmm, hang on a minute. I've got to try and remember how to load this. <laughs> but I've got it working, so... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit like PC printers. By the time you've actually replaced any component of it, you might as well have just bought a whole new one. It's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, Flymo cable to suit some Flymo electric lawnmowers. That's interesting. £18.50. That's the the exact one that I've got, yeah. Yeah, and above that is a new blade, £18. So that's 36 quid. And how much does the entire new lawnmower cost you? Well, you can definitely get them for 60 yeah, exactly. In which case, you might as well have one that's that's new, unless you're really confident you know how to dismantle it and get it all working properly. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know that I would be entirely, but um, yeah. Well, if, well I was, yeah. if I was green-fingered in any way, shape or form, which I'm not, um, I might be tempted with a petrol mower. You're good at growing grass. Yeah, I'm actually. That's actually that's a skill that I have. I've, I've, I'm, re- you know, some people struggle to grow things, don't they? But man, my grass is is champion. It's like an award winning um, marrow. Well, you know, there's you starting. You know, you, what you need now is a, is a, a silage tank, and uh, you can feed some livestock then. Yeah, no, that's true. In fact, if I should get a goat or something. I'd say getting a goat is the other thing. I bet you could get a goat for a reasonable price that would, you know, effectively need very little maintenance at all because it would yeah. have an entire field of grass to eat the whole time. And baby goats are super cute. 
So yeah. I think that's the solution. There you go. So we've solved that problem then. Another another tech problem solved. Yeah. Tick. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, I think that's probably about it then. Yeah, I think we're about there, aren't we? So, um, yeah, I think it's probably time to, to sign off and do another one in a little while. Yeah. Uh, and what we should do is sort of go out and enjoy our newly mowed lawns and sort of sit in the garden. But yeah. I'm not sure whether I'm going to be doing that or not. Not, not, not today, I don't think, no. Cool. All right, then. Uh, have a good uh, week, Richard. Yep, you too. Take care, mate. Have Bye a good one. Cheers, then. Bye. Bye-bye.